Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Combed Education Podcast. Let's talk hair. My name is Adas Nelson. I am your host, fellow industry uh, peer. Um, I've been in this industry for 20 something years. And um, on this podcast, I focus a lot on hair color, hair color theory, science, chemistry, um, business, mindset, all of the things. So today I have a little micro dose of science coming your way. Um, before I dive into it though, I do want to say a huge thank you to all of you who do come in um, and, and listen in every Sunday, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify or you're watching on YouTube. Um, it is so wild and so incredibly like humbling to see how many downloads every month or every week. Um, it's just really fucking cool. So I appreciate you guys. Um, and, and I hope you find value in the nuggets of education that I provide within the context of this podcast. Um, it is a passion project of mine. I don't do any ads. I don't do any sponsorships because it really is for you, for this industry. I take everything that I've learned um, and I share it with you in hopes to elevate you, to help build your confidence. And um, I always say with everything that I share, take what works, leave what doesn't. So today I want to talk about how hair gets its color. I want to talk about melanin, um, the colorful molecule. Okay, so melanin is, uh, we've heard this before, right? It's a naturally occurring pigment. It is responsible for the color of the hair, among other things. Um, it's produced by specialized cells called melanocytes. So I want to get into the, like, the process of how melanin is made and how hair gets its color, okay? So melanin is what's responsible for creating a diverse range of colors from black to brown to blonde to red. Um, and so I want to uh, dive into that. And I want I want you to understand that not only knowing how melanin is produced is important, obviously, but understanding uh, how to identify it in what your client has is really key to effective hair coloring and best predicting the results. So um, just a heads up, I go way in depth into understanding melanin, how it works, how it functions, how to identify it, how to work with it, how to know what the hair is going to do. We dive all the way the fuck in, um, in the fundamentals course shop. So I'm going to put the link down below. Um, if you're interested in learning more, diving into the science, the chemistry, the artistry of what we do behind the chair. Um, the fundamentals course shop is something that I would highly, highly, highly encourage you to take. Um, you know, your future self might thank you for it. So like I said, I go way into it there, but we're going to do a little microdose today. So let's break it down and let's take it beyond beauty school. Okay. So first, how is melanin even created? Um, and the process of how melanin is, is produced begins within specialized cells called melanocytes. Okay. These melanocytes are located in the hair follicles, and their primary role is to synthesize and distribute melanin pigment into growing hair strands. So the first thing that happens is tyrosine formation. So melanin production begins with the amino acid tyrosine, which is a building block for a lot of various proteins, including melanin. Okay, so tyrosine is produced within the melanocytes through a metabolic pathway, okay? Next up is enzyme activation. So an enzyme called tyrosinase, um, essentially it's, it's, its role 
is the synthesizing of melanin. So tyrosinase catalyzes the conversion of tyrosine into something called DOPA, which is an intermediate molecule in the melanin production pathway. I know this is really sciencey, um, but I know there are a lot of you who are just like, fuck yeah, I love this. So for those of you, I love you. This is my jam. Um, and for those of you who are not super into it, I'm going to get into a little bit more layman's terms soon. So you have the tyrosine formation and then you have the enzyme activation with tyrosinase. Um, and then so then it, it synthesizes into DOPA. DOPA then goes through different chemical transformations um, which result in the formation of two types of melanin precursors, dopaquinone and DHI, which then can be used into two different pathways um, to form two different types of melanin, aka eumelanin and pheomelanin. So all of that to say that the production and the synthesization of melanin occurs in the hair follicle. Okay, and then it distributes into the growing hair shaft. This is interesting because when you understand what causes gray hair and you understand that that enzyme tyrosinase, tyrosinase does not uh, work as efficiently and that's what causes, I'm gonna do a podcast episode on that, uh, but it's all just very fascinating to me. So essentially all of that is happening in the hair follicle and then the melanin is then dispersed into the hair, okay? So the, the, you have the, the eumelanin pathway or the pheomelanin pathway. So dopaquinone or dopaquion, however you want to pronounce it, um, that's the eumelanin pathway. That dopaquinone is converted into eumelanin, which is responsible for the darker hair colors like black and brown, right? So the chemical transformations in this pathway lead to the produc production of black or brown eumelanin, and that all depends on specific reactions and genetics, okay? So then you have the pheomelanin pathway. Um, the pheomelanin pathway, which is the DHI, the DHI is converted into pheomelanin, which is responsible for the lighter hair colors like red and blonde. As hair begins the graying process, as oxidative stress begins to happen, aka we age, um, also like within that hair follicle, there's more hydrogen peroxide because that enzyme tyrosinase is not doing what it needs to do with keeping the hydrogen peroxide levels in check. And so melanin production decreases. And that's essentially how you get gray hair. I will do a podcast episode on this, but I wanted to talk about that eumelanin pathway, the pheomelanin path pathway, right? So once eumelanin or pheomelanin or mixed melanin is formed, it is, it is essentially stored in specialized cellular structures called melanosomes um, within those melanocytes, okay? So these melanosomes then travel to the hair shaft and as the hair shaft grows, the melanosomes release their contents, depositing melanin into the cortical fibers of the hair. Here's something that if you're not super into the sciencey part of it, this is um, something that you might kind of dig, is that Melanin only makes up 2% of the hair strand, of the hair fiber. So within the cortical fibers of the hair, within all those amino acids and proteins and the polypeptide chains, you have the melanin, but it's only 2%. So why that's important is because you just got to think about when you're bleaching hair, when you're lightening hair, you're breaking it down so that more light can pass through. The goal is to break down the melanin. 
so that more light can pass through. But the truth is that's only 2%. So while bleach's job is to break down melanin, bleach is also breaking down the whole hair fiber. And so I think that's relevant because when we go to bleach hair, we think we're just targeting the melanin and breaking that down, but it's not. We're, we're essentially breaking down the whole hair fiber itself and the melanin only makes up 2% of it. What a fun. Um, I always say if we could make a lightener that strictly targets melanin and keeps the rest of the hair shaft intact, Okay, if you make this, please freaking give me royalties um, <laughs> because that would be that would be ideal, right? A lightener that specifically targets melanin um, and not breaking down the whole hair fiber. So anyway, so now that we know how melanin is formed, um, let's talk a little bit about the different types of characteristics within these two types of melanin. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I go way in depth in the fundamentals course shop. Um, one of the most important things for me as a colorist is understanding the canvas that I'm working on, understanding its nuances, and understanding how it is going to behave so that I can better predict not only what it's going to do, but how I'm going to treat it. Like, not only how is the hair going to lighten, how is it going to lift based on melanin, based on texture, based on porosity, based on what their hair was when they were born? Like, there's all these factors that play into how the hair is going to lift, lighten, and behave. Plus, whatever I'm putting on the hair, colors, demi, acidic, whatever, how that is going to affect the hair, the pH, the chemicals, all that. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. And so I dive, if you're into that, I'm telling you the Fundamentals Course Shop is going to blow your fucking mind. So today it's nuggets. So let's graze over eumelanin, just some simple characteristics about eumelanin. First and foremost, that it is larger in size. Think um, river rocks, right? Like they're just, it, eumelanin is larger. This is the black to brown, grayish melanin. This is more predominant in dark hair, but it does not mean that you have light hair clients that don't have eumelanin, okay? Every single client has a ratio of eumelanin, pheomelanin, mixed melanin. It is our job to be able to look at that client's hair with the tools that I share with you in the fundamentals course shop to be able to identify which type of melanin is dominant for them, okay? Um, so eumelanin is larger in size. It is more prominent in darker hair, but that does not mean it is not in lighter hair. Um, and eumelanin is much easier to break down and disperse and diffuse through the hair. So most individuals, and I say most, not all, but most individuals that are eumelanin dominant or they have a higher ratio of eumelanin will typically, and I say typically because what's gonna determine this is also texture, um, but will typically lift lighter, quicker, and more refined. So if you look at a client and you're able to identify that, dang, she has higher eumelanin ratio, you already know that her undertone, let's say at a level seven, is orange versus somebody with pheomelanin. It's going to be screaming fucking orange, right? And so when you're formulating for color, not just bleaching, but when you're formulating for color, you're going to know that that hair is going to contribute something that's a little bit more refined than a client that is higher ratio of Pheom, uh, yeah, pheomelanin, okay? So it's all about predicting what the hair is gonna do before it does it. That's the key to becoming a confident colorist. 
knowing what the fuck the hair is going to do, knowing exactly what your chemicals are going to do and having a strategy of putting it all together to take that guesswork out because that guesswork is stressful as fuck. Okay. So eumelanin is a lot easier to break down. It's easier to disperse through the hair. So if a client is higher ratio of eumelanin, they will lift quicker um, and, and more refined. I'm not going to say cooler because all hair will lift warm, but if they're dominant in eumelanin, it's, it's pretty. Okay. It's not freaking screaming orange. Okay. Let's talk about melanin. Now melanin is smaller in size. Where eumelanin was like the river rocks, let's say melanin is like sand. Okay. Way smaller in size, way smaller in size um, and way more difficult to break down with lightener. Okay. melanin is what's responsible for lighter, warmer hair. It's like a reddish gold pigment. Um, and it, and, and the, the crazy thing about melanin is that it has a tendency to reconnect. Once the hair acidifies, once the hair gets to a healthy, happy pH, um, melanin will reconnect. What does that mean? So I'm going to give you an example. Okay. Let's say I have two clients. Both of them have a natural level six medium texture. And both of them want to be platinum blonde, okay? So I'm going to give you this. This is a real life example. So for both clients, they want to be platinum blonde. So I'm going to mix my lightener, 20 volume. And my one client that is higher eumelanin, 20, 30 minutes, she's at a clean level nine. I'm going to make her blonde fucking dreams come true. Get a big ass tip. Like her hair lifted like a fucking dream, right? Now let's take the other client, same thing, natural level seven, medium texture hair. I put her lightener on and I go and check it in 20 minutes and it's still a little gold. So I put a towel on her head to like keep the heat in and give it another 10 minutes and she's still a little warm, right? And then I take my blow dryer with the diffuser, just warm it up a little bit. And finally I get her to a level nine, right? I tone her, I send her home with purple shampoo. A week later, I see her, I don't know, at the grocery store and her hair is fucking grassy. Why? Well, the client who was harder to lift, harder to get through the warmth and went back to brassy was higher ratios of pheomelanin. Because pheomelanin has a tendency to reconnect, I want you to think about it this way. When the hair is being lightened, it is swollen up to like 25%. Okay. Remember, pheomelanin is smaller in size. So A, it's harder to break down anyways, but think about it. The hair is very much swollen and the bleach and the persulfates are breaking down melanin, breaking down that fiber. We finally get her to blonde. As the hair comes back down to healthy, happy pH, as the hair begins to acidify, that pheomelanin that was dispersed comes back and reconnects. I remember pheomelanin is red to gold. It's brassy. So if you've ever wondered why some clients come back and they look like one or two levels darker and brassier, even though you know, like, you know, like, you know, you got them to a level nine, it is likely because they have higher ratios of pheomelanin in their hair. So would it be wise? Would it be beneficial for you to understand how to identify it? Yeah, it absolutely would. It's going to make your job easier because then you can set realistic expectations, right? Like if my client, the first one with the heavy eumelanin, she wants to be platinum blonde. I look at her hair. I look at her eyes. I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen for you. No problem. 
I can set her up with realistic expectations. Versus the other girl, level seven with high melanin. maybe she's, you know, I'm looking at her eyes, I'm looking at her hair, like, you want to be platinum blonde? That's not going to happen, mama. It's not going to happen. And guaranteed, that's the client who's been in every single salon down your street, in your city, trying to find the perfect hairdresser to give her platinum blonde. And she comes to you because she sees your Instagram and you're the platinum blonde per person, queen, king, whatever. You slay platinum hair. So she thinks you can do it. But what's working against you is genetics. While you may be a very talented stylist, if you don't educate her on what is realistically expected, this client's going to be disappointed again. And so what's cool is that you are going to be the only person that's going to tell her, look, like, here's the deal. This is why your hair keeps going brassy. This is why it's not going to ever stay platinum. This is why, this is why, this is why, right? And this is why education is so important. This is why it is so important to understand and know your shit. Right. So like being able to determine if a client and this is just one little nug, guys, one little teeny tiny nug of information um, that's covered in the fundamentals course shop. We go into all the science, all the chemistry strategy on formulating two different ways to formulate, understanding your color line, hands on like it's I'm going to put the link. I swear to fucking God, like it is going to change your life. Just ask any of my students like 100 percent hands down. However, your choice. Right. So, so being able to determine what the client's hair is going to do before you mix any chemicals, that confidence that comes with that is fucking top notch. Okay. Um, it's just important. It's important. So, like I said, I teach all about the differences in the course shop. Um, but I hope that this, this episode today for you was just a little eye opener. Um, I talk about science, I talk about chemistry, even though it's not sexy. It's not like I talk about gray coverage, not sexy. You have people talking about balayage and foiling patterns and this freaking pattern and this and which is great. Um, and there's nothing against that. But where my passion lies is in the science, is in the chemistry, because I wholeheartedly believe that in order for your artistry to fully blossom, for you to really be at max creative peak, you gotta understand the shit that's boring. You got to understand the science. You've got to understand the chemistry. And I say boring. To me, it's fascinating. But to a lot of people, it's like, I am an artist. I am a creative. I don't care about that kind of shit, right? And like, if you've fallen into that trap mindset, I'm just here to encourage you to take a step back and look. Um, maybe there's things out there that you don't know. And that when you learn it, when you get it, when it clicks, it unlocks you to the next level. Right. So all I'm saying is don't scoff at the idea. Um, and I understand it's not sexy and glamorous, but trust me when I tell you understanding the science, understanding the chemistry, understanding your line, understanding how to formulate, that's what changes your career. Then you take that coupled with technique classes, coupled with business, coupled with mindset, coupled with social media. That's where you have those top earners in the industry. Those top earners, those top 2%, multiple six-figure earners, did not have a closed mind about, no, I don't need to know that. They didn't. They didn't. Um, so I hope today was, it got you thinking a little bit. Um, maybe science can be fun. Maybe science can be useful. Um, if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes I have, I have a ton, I think 70, 80 episodes on science, chemistry, mindset, business, social media, all of it. Um, we cover all of that in the podcast. If you found this helpful, please share it. 
Um, tell your friends, spread the word. Like I said, I don't pay for advertising for the podcast. This is strictly a passion project for me. Um, you know, my, my goal is to inspire and empower this industry through my own learnings. Um, so as I learn, I teach as information is unlocked, I share, um, take what works, leave what doesn't until next time. Happy hair coloring.